Hello, welcome to the new episode of SupplyCast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. This week, I have Nyla Draper. Hi, Nyla. Hi, Bruce. Thank you very much for joining me uh, on this episode. What uh, trust are you currently at? Lancashire Procurement Cluster. So we do three trusts. Um, we do Blackpool uh, Teaching Hospitals, East Lancashire, and Lancashire Teaching. Brilliant. Lancashire Cluster, who, by the way, have just had an incredible year of winning awards, winning plaudits, and now they have some in, in the top three of PDP. What a brilliant year it's been. So well, well done to Lancashire Cluster for that. Quite incredible. We were just talking off air before, as, as we usually do, because we don't just sort of, I don't just usually go, right, hello, there you are, let's go record. We have a little bit of a chit-chat before, and we were talking about, um, you know, the full format of the programme and what have you, and I could kind of see, I could kind of see the fear in your eyes, Nyla, <laughs> um, as you asked, it's not live, is it? <laughs> It is not live. It's not live. It's recorded as live, as they say, um, which is to basically to mean that we just uh, press record, we record it, and that's it. But obviously, if there's any need to edit anything at a later date, that's done before it's sent out. But usually there, there isn't a need for that because everyone that we talk to on Supplycast is just so, it's just so blooming professional. <laughs> well, let's hope I don't, you know, write that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure you won't. Um, so straight off the top of the bat, one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because you've recently done the PDP, the HSA's PDP course, yeah. uh, in which you placed in the much vaunted top three uh, for the course. Uh, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on. We're going to talk about a little bit about PDP, the importance of that and uh, how the experience was. And then obviously at the end, we, we take you off to the Desert Garden Supplies part of the, of the podcast. Can you tell me a little bit about what your, your background is and how you got into procurement? Yeah, so um, I have, before I came to England, I'm Portuguese. So mm. I was in Portugal at the time. And um, it's quite a funny story. I used to translate Portuguese to English. Mm-hmm. And I used to go on trade shows translating. Okay. Um, and that's how I got into procurement, really. So I was translating negotiations. Oh, um, really? So, and then I thought to myself, oh, this is something that, you know, I wouldn't mind doing, mm-hmm. you know, firsthand rather than just translating. Um, so that's how I applied for a job in procurement. And, you know, I initially got into it. So, yeah, that was back in Portugal. And then shortly after, I decided to move to England or to come back to England. Um, and I started in the toys industry, then went to manufacturing, and now I'm in the NHS. Mm. Okay. So so you, were you, you weren't born in Portugal, is that right? Because you said you came back to England. No, uh, well, I was born in Mozambique, and then I went okay. to Portugal when I was two years old. Okay. And then I came to England when I was 18. Yep. Um, I did my degree here, and then I left went back to Portugal, did some translating, and then I came back to England again. So it's been a, yeah, it's been a journey. So you've been, that, that's really interesting. It's been, so you've been well-travelled. When you was in Portugal and you first went into procurement, what, what area of procurement was it? Was it in healthcare? Was it in public sector? No, it was confectionery. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was the first. The company did two things, confectionery, and then they did cosmetics as well. But I was more in the confectionery side, so buying chocolates, biscuits, all that. <laughs> and how was that? How was that translated to healthcare? God, like I said, from that <laughs> I went into toys, from toys manufacturing, and then healthcare. It's just been, yeah, it's been a journey. It's uh, yeah. So when you went, so you're in procurement in, in Portugal, when you then uh, came back to England, was it then that you went into healthcare procurement or did you, did you, it was you in England? Yeah. No, yeah. What, what made you do that? Was that, in, was that intentional? Or did you sort of think, oh, I'd like to, you know, oh, I've, I've done the chocolates, I've done the toys. <laughs> I want to, did you want to go into public sector? Was that something that you wanted to do or was it really the fact that an opportunity came up and that's, where it was so I really wanted to be in the NHS um, oh, okay so I was in manufacturing but I was really I was always going for roles in the NHS and mm-hmm. um, I was always you know keeping my eye open for opportunities in the NHS simply because I had that skill I wanted to be in buying um yeah I thought at the time in manufacturing I was good at it but I also had this I don't know call it willingness to help or you know to be part of a bigger picture yeah and that's how I then came to the NHS um yeah I had the well yeah I had the opportunity to come and yeah that's what I've done so it was a particular so it was obviously a particular desire uh to get involved in the NHS and kind of play a role in that definitely how have you found it then? So, you, you know, you've gone into procurement, you are, you do have that procurement role in NHS that you particularly wanted. Has it been, has it, what aspects have been surprising? What aspects have been what you expected? Has there been anything that's particularly surprised you? I was in the private sector before I came to the NHS. Um, so I didn't really know much about public procurement. How long processes can take, that was surprising. Uh, the amount of rules that we have to obey, that was something I wasn't really familiar with. Um, but overall, it has been a very positive journey. I have mm-hmm. a great team. A leadership team is just, you know, phenomenal. And they've been holding my hand and teaching me everything that, you know, I've been learning. <laughs> so how welcoming did you did you find it? Yeah, because, you know, we, we hear... Um, you know, we do we do hear about a lot of things that are that can be quite worrying. I mean, j- just this week, uh, HSA put out we put out a statement because of a health service journal bit of research, which was about uh, discrimination within parts of the NHS, and we know that's throughout society, and I guess nowhere is unfortunately safe from that. But as coming into with with your background coming into the NHS, you 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 personally have always felt very welcome from the word go, um, uh, and particularly within the procurement area. I did. Um, I've always felt extremely welcome. Um, mm. Everyone has always been able, you know, to help me, to advise me. I haven't I think I'm I'm one of the lucky ones who haven't really yeah. felt that discrimination. There is a difference in culture, obviously, with mm-hmm. me being Portuguese and, um, you know, living in this country. There is a difference yeah. in culture, but I, I don't think I, I've never been I've never been a victim of discrimination or anything like that. So, you know, in the NHS. 
I've been very, very lucky, I think. So you're so you you've had a really good positive ex- experience. So it was de- it's definitely something that you would you would recommend. Maybe you have recommended it to friends. I don't know, but it was something that you would recommend and say, yeah, it's a great it's a great profession to get into. Definitely, hundred percent. I have recommended it to friends. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and have... I'm saying no. Too many rules in there. <laughs> <laughs> too, too many, many rules in there. I think, yeah, that that will probably ring a bell. <laughs> Yeah, too many procedures and yeah, but um, I find it to be a great place to work. Yeah, actually, it's interesting that you bring that up. How how different? How much different? It sounds as if you found the change from uh, private sector to public sector quite easy. But obviously, I guess the, the the most obvious difference there would be the sort of various rules, regulation of of dealing through like you know red tape and and procedures and all this kind of thing. You, you seem to have found that quite easy adjusting to that, but I'd imagine that that is something that it takes a bit of getting used to if you go from private sector to the public. Yeah, it takes a, a lot of getting used to. I had a great a great mentor who helped me through it. Um, but yeah, it does take a lot of reading as well. Like I said, it's um, the rules that we have to obey are very different to private sector. You know, just the openness and transparency, the negotiation, everything is very different from the private sector. I was able to, or I was used to negotiating contracts, and then I come to the NHS and it's a different way of doing things. So, yes, like I said, a lot of reading, a lot of research. And again, I've been very lucky with the leadership team that I've got that, um, you know, they've always been very supporting in giving me that advice. I'll tell you something that comes up a lot when we do the, do the podcasts is the fact that most people can think of, most people, first of all, they talk about having been welcomed by a very strong team that were very helpful. And, and But also in particular, they often do cite an individual who can almost act as a sort of mentor figure to them when they've come into it. Uh, and you obviously had one of those as, as well. Do you I want, have do you want to, three. You have three. <laughs> do you want to say that? Give him a shout out. Why not? Let's give, them, let's give them their due. <laughs> yeah, of course. The person who brought me into the, into the NHS was Kevin Fletcher. Okay. Um, and the two people that have been mentoring me are um, Roger Dennis and Andrew Lightholt. Andrew has left the NHS, but he still mm-hmm. keeps mentoring me. So, yeah. I mean, this is one of these things that I find. You know, I've, I've worked in, in, in uh, private sector, public sector, I've, I've probably worked in, in, you know, most industries over the years, but it is something that seems to be very particular when I talk to people on this podcast that they have these set of people. I mean, you know, quite frankly, you know, if I, I mean, from my point of view, if someone said to me, Bruce, throughout your career, well, name your number one mentor. I, I honestly couldn't come up with a name, to be honest with you. I couldn't think of, in the industries that I've worked in, you know, I've worked in, you know, journalism, marketing, etc. I don't know if I could think of someone that I would that I would say, but whenever we talk to people on, on, on this podcast, they can all always think of someone. You just immediately thought of three. And it's I think it says a lot about I think perhaps that is the overriding testament of what it's like to work in healthcare procurement and why it is such a positive experience for most people is that they can immediately think of people who actually took a, an interest in, in in bringing them into the into their careers, new career, and also seeing them flourish in it. Definitely, like I said, those three people have been helping me throughout. 
in terms of advice, how, you know, how to protect myself from making mm. the wrong decisions or, yeah. you know, taking the wrong steps. Yeah, I can't thank them enough. <laughs> but that's, that's great. Now, one of the main things that you're here for that I wanted to talk to you about, and I guess it's part, it, it, it will have played an important part, will play an important part in your career progression, is you did, you just recently did PDP, HSA's PDP course. How did you find it? You obviously found it very well because you came in, the, you, you got in one of the top two positions, as I said, at the top of the podcast. Why did you apply for it, first of all? And how did you find it? Well, for me, it was a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. How do you, why did I apply for it? I think, well, I looked at the program and the program in itself looked really good. All the topics that were being discussed, I could relate to everything. I could see something that I, I would learn from, really, from all the topics. A big part of it was that opportunity to network. I'm a little yeah. bit of a social, not a social animal. And that yeah. opportunity yeah. to network was, and to meet the speakers that I've met, have mm-hmm. that opportunity was just incredible. And I've met great people there that I keep in contact with till today. I actually have the PDP folder next to me. Right. Because I keep referring back to it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it really is a great opportunity. From all the lessons you learn, something that you can really take back and apply to your career. And from your colleagues, I mean, I've been actually this week, um, I had a call with one of my colleagues to talk about contract management, mm-hmm. about how they do it in their organization. Those opportunities are, you know, invaluable, really. That's great. That's great. I can see. Do you know what's really nice? You, as you're talking about uh, PDP, you, I can see that your people won't be able to see this. I, I can see this, though, but they won't be able to see this because this will be an audio podcast. But you're you're really beaming. You're really like smiling. I can see how it was such a. I can see it was apart from obviously clearly a rewarding experience for you, PDP. But obviously, I could sense that you had a lot of fun there as well, and that you found you found it really enjoyable. It was. It was. It was. Like I said, you meet a little, a lot of different people that you wouldn't normally, especially during the pandemic. So it was really good to be out there, and it was fun at night time. You know, we had dinner, we had dinner together, and yeah, like I said, it was fun. We played bowling one of the nights, so that was really good as well. <laughs> but did yeah, you did you get in the top? Did you get in the top three there as well? No, 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 no I didn't. <laughs> Nothing to do with games. No. <laughs> Are you better at? Are you better at procuring or bowling? <laughs> Definitely procuring. <laughs> I think I came last on our bowling team, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it would have been greedy, wouldn't it? If you if you got top three P, at PDP and you'd also got top three in the bowling, it might have been... <laughs> yeah, it might have been too much. <laughs> might have been too much. I'm sure if you had the choice, again, you would still pick coming top three PDP. It was done. good. I wasn't expecting <laughs> at all, but it was really good. I was going to say, so you you were surprised. I mean, you, you know, you obviously went out there determined to uh, learn as much as you could and uh, and that, but you were surprised. Yes, I was. Um, for me, it was just it was all about the learning and the networking. Mm-hmm. But of course, I was very very pleased. You know, to come top three, it was it was mm-hmm. very good and. Yeah, I think I networked a lot. I think I talked with a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. So yeah. we, as we're recording this, we are 
not that long away from the HSA conference, which I know you're gonna you're gonna be at. I'm mentioning this slightly in a slightly cautious manner because you know you can you're never sure when it's going to go out the podcast. So I don't I don't want to sort of talk about something if it's gone, depending on when it goes out. But um, nevertheless, you are gonna gonna be there when people listen to this. You either will be preparing to go there, or you may even have been there already. So I won't ask you to sort of manufacture a discussion about the conference and what it was like. But uh, going to the conference, is this your first HCSA conference? It is. Will it be? It, yes, it will. And you'll go, you'll go in there as, a, as, as one of the stars of PDP? So I'm really be, looking forward to it. Yeah, the red carpet will be rolled out for you, I'm, I'm sure. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure it will be really good. It will be good to see the people that um, I've met during the yeah. program as well. You said there that you was very, that you're a very social animal. So just before we move on to the last bit of the podcast, I thought it might be quite interesting to ask you about how have you found it personally? The COVID stuff, obviously, if you're used to, um, you know, if you enjoy socialising, being around people, uh, meeting new people, that sort of thing. How have you personally found it? Um, the period of COVID and sort of, you know isolation and that kind of thing. For me, it was um, it has it was very difficult. Um, I am still being careful, so it continues to be a little bit difficult. Thank God for mobile phones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah, absolutely. I've got two teenage daughters, and during uh, lot various lockdowns, you know, I said to them, I said, "You're lucky because you've got things like." You've got your mobile phone, so you've got access to instant messaging, FaceTime, uh, things like we're doing here, you know, video streaming, things where you can have face-to-face, so to speak, virtually face-to-face discussions, you know, and every now and again, and this is when you start feeling a bit like a silly old bugger, but I say to him, you know, in in my day, what you happened was you had a landline phone when I was a little kid, and you picked up the phone and you arranged to meet someone which you couldn't have done during lockdown, but you would arrange to meet someone at a certain time. And if you went there at that certain time the next day and they weren't there, they just simply wasn't there. There was no way to get a hold of them. You just waited around for now an and then went home if, if they didn't turn yeah. up. And you're, you're right. In a way, it feels like, obviously, nothing compares to face-to-face meetings. That's why so there's been such an extraordinary response, I think, to the... Uh, there always is, but particularly this year to the conference... That, that desire to get back to face-to-face, having missed it last year with, with the conference. I think it's at the same time, you don't, you're not as cut off from other people as you would have been once upon a time, is the thing, as you say. Yeah, definitely. Um, I still miss, or I missed a lot, going to the coffee shop and meeting with friends. And, you know, sure. yeah, I missed that for a long time. Now I'm kind of, maybe it's a little bit sad, but I'm kind of getting used to it of not going to the coffee shop right yeah so regularly yeah. as i used to and you know just having kind of this kind of meetings like you know yeah. virtual um well, hope, hopefully the the conference will help you sort of get back into that that vibe again and you'll be yeah. you'll be a reg, you'll be a regular at the coffee shop again 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah life has changed um, in the past 2 years but yeah <laughs> okay so 
Nyla, I'm gonna we're gonna whisk along to the last part of the podcast, which is desired and supplies. Um, I asked you before we came on air, you're familiar with the podcast and what this 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 period at the end of the show is about. And I said, you know, yeah, we just want to find out, kind of get an idea of what you what music you like listening to, what films you like watching. And you immediately said it's gonna be quite tricky because I don't really <laughs> listen to music, which does sound very does sound very tricky. Do you have issues on that desert island? Is there a, is it that you don't really listen to music or is it that you, you are a massive fan of, of a particular artist and you can't listen to anything else? No, no. I simply, like most people would have the car, the radio in the car or okay. something. I don't. Yeah. In the house, I hardly put music. I normally don't have the music on. That's very interesting. Do you listen to podcasts? I know you listen to this podcast. I do listen to podcasts. Yeah, well, there we go. Well, I'll tell you what, in the interest of moving into the modern sector, what podcast would you would you take with you? Hint, it, hint, it might be one you're currently on now. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if I was on... <laughs> that would be quite funny because you'd be on that desert island and then you'd come to the end of each episode and you'd be listening to people talking about what they want to take on their desert island. <laughs> By the way, that. if you're looking to follow through on this theme, with this, this fictional island, it's not... It's not everyone that we interview goes on the same island. Otherwise, that would kind of be pointless. Because <laughs> you they'd just be able to, by, the, by the time we, you know, as the years go by, they will, that design will be packed. You won't need to take anything with you. There'll be loads of people. Like, it'd be like a it'd be like a HCSA conference on the desert island, wouldn't it? That's that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe it'll happen one day. Maybe, you talk to a new chief officer, Keith. He might he, he might like the idea of that. Maybe the but, next um, then maybe the next sorry PDP will be in a desert island. Well, there you are. I mean, you know, a little bit of sunshine that time of year wouldn't go <laughs> mess with it. You're on your desert island. You are you are absolutely delighted to have every available episode of Supplycast to listen to. <laughs> All right, so you're so you're you're made up there. What film would you take? Don't tell me you don't watch films. So <laughs> this is going to be tricky. <laughs> no. Um... I would probably take something very cheesy like Bridget Jones or something. Oh, brilliant. What, um, the first one, I assume? The first one, yes. First because one? I, well, me and my sister, we watch it every single year on New Year's Day. <laughs> oh, do you really? Oh, that's brilliant. I love so, traditional yeah, I film watching. That. I love traditional. I, lo- I love it when you have a film that you watch traditionally. I always Never watch the... Yeah, I love it. I always watch the musical of Scrooge every year uh, with Albert Finney every Christmas Eve night. I just have to. I think I think it's important to have those. I think routine's important, isn't it? And certainly on that desert island, it, it would be important, wouldn't it? So yeah, I'd have a, at least I'd have a movie to watch once exactly. every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, we're not saying you only have to. Watch, you can watch as many times <laughs> as you like on the desert island. You could, you know, knock yourself out. You could. You could, uh, you know, watch it. Yeah, you could watch it every every day if you wanted to, in between listening to old episodes of Supplycast. Well, Nyla, I must say you've quickly become easily my my favourite person we've had on Supplycast, just because you're taking Supplycast to your desert <laughs> island. <laughs> Nyla, thank you very much. I know you're very busy taking time to chat. It's been thank really you. nice chatting to you. Continued success in your career. 
And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the HCSA conference, or depending on when this podcast comes out, it was delightful to meet you at the HCSA <laughs> conference. So let's just cover ourselves on that one, shall we? Thank you very much. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. Okay. Nyla, once again, thank you for joining me. Thank you. And that's the end of this week's episode. I hope that you'll join us next time. Bye.